Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Well, if you were not with us last week, then you missed a great program. Um, we had a guest by the name of Dr. Barry Bussey. We were discussing issues of freedoms and, and um, you can always check that program out by visiting our website, l4ltv.com, clicking on the previous programs tab. You'll be able to watch that program. What you'll notice is as we got to the end of the program, Dr. Bussey still had a lot to share. So we made a decision that once the camera stopped rolling, we'd crank them back up again. We would continue our discussion and we would air it then this week. And so what you're watching now is the continuation of our discussion that we had after the cameras had shut had turned off. And so that's why we're wearing exactly the same clothes. And so um, let me welcome Dr. Bussey back again. Welcome Great to be back. Here, Bill. And uh, for the benefit of those that weren't with us, mm -hmm. uh, you have started a, a new organization. You left your employment of 10 years, mm -hmm. sort of ventured out kind of entrepreneurially. My, uh, my, my wife says, Barry, we should be retiring now. <laughs> we shouldn't be starting this up. <laughs> well, you got First, First Freedoms Foundation. You gave yeah. us uh, a, a quick history on why that, how you came about that name, which I thought yeah. was fascinating. And, um, and uh, you've sort of been troubled, if I could say that, by some of the things you've been seeing and, and, and particularly Absolutely. where it comes to, to the freedoms and the overreach, uh, you know, overreach of government. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's interesting, Bill, um, back uh, some weeks ago now, we've had the uh, trucker convoy Freedom 2022 that was up in Ottawa, and we all know that situation. But you know, it's interesting, when I went up there, uh, I was up there three days out of the three weeks that were there, and I just wanted to see, you know, what it was that was bringing people there. Right. And um, I, what, what struck me was that how many people who were there, not because they were unvaccinated, although they, they were there too, but it was those who were vaccinated who were saying, look, we're, we're looking at the freedoms being lost in this country with all of these vaccine mandates. And of course, um, as uh, viewers would recognize, this was the result, uh, this whole convoy was the result of, of the mandate on the truckers. Right. And, you know, then this is the backlash. Right. And, but, but, but it was that sense that uh, freedom is being taken away. Right. And, you know, it was fascinating when I was up there because... There were no police cars that were overturned and windows smashed. There were no Molotov cocktails or any kinds of, of, of uh, violence of, of that nature. Uh, but instead, we had the bouncy castles. We had all kinds of... I was watching the uh, street hockey games and so forth. And, and there were thousands upon thousands of people who were coming there because they had felt that nobody was listening mm. to them. The media wasn't listening to them. Government wasn't listening to them. Their employers weren't even listening to them. And they were, they just got to the point where, you know, um, this is unacceptable for right. Canada to be in this kind of situation. And so it, it was fascinating that um, there amongst all of those people was this sense that we, we need to recognize the beauty of Canada, the beauty of the freedoms that we have, and we need to maintain them. And we need freedom of speech. Right. 
We need freedom of conscience and we need the inviolability of the person. In other words, the state does not own my body. Right. My body, I get to decide whether I have medical treatment or not. That's my decision. And, and it's always been like that, hasn't it's it? It's always been like that. And this is, this is a radical shift away it, from that. It is a rejection of 800 years at least in the British tradition of, uh, you know, as we have come through all these hundreds of years, yes, we've had all kinds of, of massacres and wars and everything else, but everything has led us to the Canada that we have now, to the Charter of Rights that we have now, to, the, to our constitutional understanding as, you know, we say our first freedoms, freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, and inviolability of the person. Those are original freedoms. They, they existed prior to the state. So, so what would you say, let me play yeah. devil's advocate and you can be Daniel Webster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so what would you say to someone that says, you know, come on, Barry, that's an overreaction. Our freedoms are not, you know, like our freedoms are not at risk. Well, let me tell you that as we saw with the truckers and how they have been vilified in the press, right? Uh, these were the fringe minority with unacceptable views. I was up there. There were tens of thousands of people that were there. And then because they had a, a, an opinion, a view, expression that was totally unacceptable to the government, the government implemented the Emergencies Act. Never been done before under this act. Was brought into law in 1988. But the Emergencies Act says that it can be invoked if there's a national emergency. And a national emergency is a crisis wherein the health, the safety of, of Canadian citizens uh, are in such in such a state that the provinces are unable to deal with it, either capacity-wise or having the legal authority, or if there is a national emergency that deals with like a state of war or the uh, territorial integrity of Canada, all right? Th those okay. are the two items, right? Now, there are four different types of of uh, national emergencies, and, and the one that the government chose was the public order one. But here's the thing. There was nothing there that said, or there, there was no uh, lack of authority or capacity for the government to be able to deal with the situation, for example, in Ottawa. Why do I say that? Well, because just a few days before we had blockades on the uh, protests on, on uh, the Ambassador Bridge and Coots, Alberta and Manitoba and so forth, and they got court orders. And the court orders were given by the provincial um, or the, uh, the courts in those provinces, mm -hmm. and those uh, blockades were removed. Okay. All right? Uh, there was nothing. It was a legal recourse. It was a legal yeah. recourse. And what happened? Okay. The, the truckers responded. Yes, they were protesting. Yes, they had to get pushed off. Yes, there were some arrests, but it got cleared up right, right away. And the same thing could easily have happened. But what, is, what seems to have occurred, in my view, of the situation there in Ottawa, and, and I, I take um, 
uh, this also from uh, my discussions I had with law professor um, Ryan Alford at the Bor Alaskan uh, Law School up in uh, Lakehead University. And that is the elites in this country were so scared that we had the working class stand up to them and say, this is unacceptable, that we should not be imposing these mandates on the working class, i.e. the truckers, i.e. the ones who are, who are basically 90% of their time or whatever it is, maybe it's 95 or more percent of their time are isolated and you're going to require them to be vaccinated to go back and forth. Meanwhile, for the whole time of the pandemic, they did not have any kind of vaccine mandate. It just seemed so unreasonable and that they stood up and said, this is unacceptable. And because they did so, you're gonna bring out the Emergencies Act. And then when, it, when at the very moment that the uh, Senate was about to vote and say that, no, you're not going to have these, oh, no, sorry, we don't need it anymore. Okay, let, let me just jump in here as, again, devil's advocate. Yes. Okay, so someone says to you, okay, Barry, let's agree that, okay, let's, they made a mistake. They, they like, what's the, so big deal? Okay, they invoked the Emergencies Act. They shouldn't have. Okay, so we just go forward for it. What's the big deal okay, that, the, it was, that it was invoked? Right, and fair question. The big deal is this. When the cabinet invoked the Emergencies Act, it is able to pass law as if it were passed through the both houses of parliament and received royal assent. Oh, wow. So they have absolute authority hmm. to act and, you know, really all of our civil liberties are held in abeyance at that point because it's whatever the government wants will be law. Right. This is unheard of. This happens. Yes, it has happened in the past. It happened in World War I with the emergencies, with the War Measures Act in World War I, World War II. And yes, it happened in, uh, for that short period uh, in the 1970s the with the FLQ. FLQ. Yeah. But we're talking about murders we're going on here. We're talking about insurrection. We're talking about terror. We're talking about war. This had nothing to do with war. This had everything to do with a protest. So in your opinion, does that then, has that lowered the threshold for another government that comes in someday to, to invoke it again? You know what? This is, this is a danger that everyone should be thinking about, no matter what the partisan attitude is uh, or your, your partisanship whatsoever. The point of the matter is this, is that if you give absolute power uh, to this current government and then a subsequent government says, because there's a, a massive protest that they don't agree with, and that was one of the things that um, was, was mentioned, you know, that, okay, this particular protest we don't agree with, therefore we're not going to negotiate with them, we're not going to sit down with them, we're just simply going to um, bring in the War Measures Act, uh, the Emergencies Act, and we're going to push them out of the way. Okay. All right. So, what happens when the tables switch? Right. And there's a new governor or you know what I mean like yeah. a, in other words a, a new prime minister yeah. who has a very different view perhaps an exact opposite point right. of view right and then they in, invoke the emergencies act you know it reminds me of the story in of uh, Sir Thomas More a man for all seasons is the name of the of the movie and of the play that Robert Bolt wrote 
And in there, uh, Roper says to, Roper is the son-in-law of Sir Thomas More. And in the, in the play, uh, he's upset that uh, Thomas More would give the benefit of the law to the devil, and i.e. the devil at that time, of course, in their point of view, was uh, King Henry VIII, right? right? And so um, he says, you would give the devil the benefit of the law? And Thomas More replied, yes, indeed, I would give him the benefit of the law. He says, what would you do? He said, well, I'd knock every law down in England to get after the devil. Oh, said More. And what would you do when the devil has all the laws of England knocked down? He said, where would you go then? He said, of course, he said, in this country, we have laws. We have man's laws. All over the place, we have these laws. And then when the devil turns around, what will protect you then? Of course, I'll give the, the devil the benefit of the law because it is only then am I protected myself. Right. And you see, this is the That's important the issue, principle right. Right. that we have got to realize. Right. You don't like the protest, so you're going to knock down all the laws because you're after that devil that yeah. you don't like? So now you have set the precedent right. so that when there's a new person on the throne and they don't like the devil who happens to be you, what will you do then? Right. And this is an important principle that we have got to understand, uh, that when we have laws, it is for everybody's benefit. It doesn't matter what, what uh, community we come from, what political opinions we have, it protects each Everyone. and every one of us. And this was broken. It was a sacred trust. And it seems to me that Canadians have got to wake up to this. And I have been speaking with a lot of people. I tell you, Bill, I have spoken with um, university students who, because of conscience, have decided that they could not be vaccinated. And they have lost their space in the school. Some of them were even taking online courses. Hmm. And they were denied to continue taking the online course because they're unvaccinated. Um, I've had nurses talk to me, come and share with me their story about how the previous year they were the heroes. They were on the front lines. They were serving all kinds of extra hours, helping everyone who was sick, COVID, non-COVID. They were there, but the vaccine mandates came in. Now suddenly they're unwelcome. They've lost their jobs. I've got other individuals who are working in uh, corporations and they're working out of home, out of home. Right. And they are being let go because of a vaccine mandate. And it's that kind of thing, this kind of injustice, in my view, that has got to be addressed. And this, I think, was the message as I talked to the truckers, as I talked to the people who were protesting, that was the message. Right. The message is this is unjust. Right. We want to have our voices heard. Right. And instead, we've got mounted police rolling over people because people had an unpopular view. This is something that we have crossed the Rubicon in this country, that we have got to get a handle on 
right away. It's, it's imperative, it seems to me. So what we try to do at First Freedoms, it's important, I think, for us to recognize that not everyone has the same view as the government or the uh, mainstream media. Right. And that it is uh, reasonable for people to disagree with right. the government. Right. And that these people need to have a voice. We're one of those organizations that's providing a voice. Right. We are speaking to law professors. I am speaking to law professors, I'm speaking to politicians, I'm speaking to people who are willing to talk and say, hey, some of the people I'm more than willing to talk to who disagree with me. Right. But that to me is that's all part exactly. of the deal. That's exactly That's right. why we're in Canada. That's exactly. why we have a free country. That's why we have freedom of speech. Exactly. And so it's important, it seems to me, for us to continue the dialogue, to continue this discussion and not be caught in a situation where we're gonna have our bank accounts frozen because we have a difference of opinion. This is what, yeah. like, this is not Canada. Yeah. This is not what, what, we, <laughs> what we inherited. Right. And do we want to pass that on to our children and our grandchildren? Right. Really? I mean, we want to be able to say, hey, the lessons of history are extremely important. You know, when the Canadian flag is being taken over by Canadian, so, the, the Canadian flag is being taken over, they, they are, they're on the patches of our Canadian soldiers as they're going over into those NATO countries around Ukraine, right? They are proudly wearing that Canadian flag. And yet, we had stories just a few weeks ago that raising the Canadian flag is somehow... Yeah, it breaks my heart, man. ...right-wing craziness? Breaks my heart. I mean, like, I mean, the Canadian flag is but a symbol. But what is that symbol? The symbol is not colonialism. The symbol is... Was colonialism part of our past? Yes. But have we learned from right. colonialism? Yes, we have. We've made mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, uh, uh, Professor Alfred uh, shared with me, he said, you know, the reality is a lot of people have been, uh, you know, beating on the statutes, you know, of uh, various uh, historical leaders. And, and you look at uh, uh, John A. Macdonald, for example, and he said some pretty nasty things with respect to the uh, First Nations people. He was involved in uh, the indigenous schools and we know what catastrophe that was and all the rest of it. But I didn't realize this before, but he shared with me, he said, you know, that... Um, um, that MacDonald actually uh, had the Canadian government spend all kinds of money to be sent out, uh, individuals in the medical profession sent out to do chickenpox um, uh, inoculations in all of the First Nations uh, places. So it's a very complicated history. Yeah. Of course people have made mistakes. Yeah. You and I have made yeah. mistakes. All of the journalists who are reporting how racist so-and-so is or, or this one or that one is, have made mistakes. Yeah. We've all made mistakes. But what we have done in Canada, in the history of our, uh, of our nation, is that we've learned from our mistakes. Right. You know, I've always been impressed when I see Canadian governments of the past who, who were faithful to the commitments they made to different immigrants. Ukrainian Mennonites, okay, Mennonites who were originally not from Ukraine but lived in the Ukraine, 
uh, in the 19th century were promised by Canada that if they would come to this country, they wouldn't have to fight in a war because in the Mennonite, path, very path, pacifist uh, tradition, they would not take up arms in times of war. The Canadian government said, look, you come, you settle in our prairies. We will, we will ensure that you can have your schools, uh, that uh, you won't have to bear arms when, if, if we are ever in a war. World War I comes, World War II comes. And our Canadian government remained faithful to that wow. premise, right? That's that Canada. promise they made. Yeah. That, that promise, that yeah. promise, yes. That is the kind of Canada that we need to be standing up for even today. And so when we have the promises, in essence, they are promises in our charter yes. rights and freedoms. These promises are to be kept. They're not to be treated flippantly. They're not to be something that we can just step on because we have a difference of opinion right. on a medical issue. Right. right. This is who we are as a people, a people who are true to our word, a people who respect one another, who are not going to vilify one another simply because we, a difference of opinion, we right? have a difference yeah. of opinion. And so that's what we're about. We're, we're wanting to continue on this discussion. Yes. Yeah, I know. I, man, there's so much. Uh, there's so much here. You know what's interesting? One of the interesting things that sadly I didn't know. Our charter begins with a very interesting <laughs> declaration, doesn't it? It does. It says this. It says, whereas Canada is founded upon the principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law. I did. I, you know what? <laughs> I've been, I'm, I was born a Canadian. I didn't recognize, I didn't know it started that way. I was kind of shocked when I saw that. You know, I think it's very important. The supremacy of God clause, the courts have basically ignored. They've accepted the rule of law clause. But the reality is, as Brian Petford said to me recently, the supremacy of God is in the charter for a reason. Right. And his point is, and I agree with him, that it is, a, it is a recognition that rights existed prior to right. the state. The supremacy of God clause is the idea that, you know what, there are moral principles that are, that are the basic assumptions of our law. And that is something we have lost. Professor Ryan Alford, who I mentioned before, you know, in law schools today, we're not even taught anything about the history of law, the rule of law. And that's a shame. Mm. And we need to get back to that history. Mm. We need to get back to studying all about our country and, and the laws and the rights. And, and it's important for us to recognize that there are. There are moral positions. Every time uh, I hear people say, well, you know, there's no such thing as moral absolutes. Really? The fact that you're saying that is, in fact, you're saying it's a moral absolute that there's no the moral, moral absolutes, absolute, right. right? You know, and right. and so we we we've we've got to recognize that whenever we're making these various positions, whenever a prime minister is speaking, whenever a law is passed, it's making a moral statement, and um, we need to get back to understanding who we are as a people. What are the assumptions of our law? What are these presuppositions? that we have. And it seems to me that um, right now is the time after going through this horrendous experience. I've had all kinds of people say to me, you know, Barry, I, I decided to pull my money out of the bank 
because of, of people losing, having their bank accounts frozen. And, and uh, others have said to me, I'm, I'm, I'm actually planning on leaving Canada. Wow. I know, I've been hearing I mean, that's horrible. Yeah, it's very sad. You know, and uh, so the time has come. I think we need to recognize, we have seen, if there's a white pill, as they say, the hope is we have seen the brink of where we were. We have pulled back. Let us pull back from that brink. Let us not get involved in another situation where any government official is going to just simply take on absolute power uh, just because of a difference of opinion. Well, we, could, we could probably sit here again for more discussion, but we're going to have to wrap it up here. Yeah, Thank well, you, Barry. It's my pleasure. Uh, just very quickly, just before we go, yep. um, First Freedoms, your website again? Yes, yeah, so firstfreedoms.ca. Firstfreedoms.ca. Yeah, we, we have a newsletter there uh, for people to, to sign up and uh, we send out. And I do all kinds of, you'll see, we, we're also on uh, First Freedoms, uh, on Facebook, uh, First Freedoms Canada, um, Rumble, so forth. Okay. Yeah. And let me appeal to our viewers if you can make a donation to, to keep Barry's organization going please consider that. Let's have a word of prayer before we go. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, creator of everything, we want to thank you for your love and your mercy. We ask humbly, Father, that you bless our nation, bless those that have been uh, placed in a position of authority and leadership. Father, give them the wisdom on how to lead. Bless each and every viewer that has joined us. May they feel your presence just closely in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our gift, our offer. And um, today we have this magazine called Amazing Health Facts, Eight Bible Secrets for a Longer and Stronger Life. Our friends over at Amazing Facts have published this and we'd like to offer it to you. If you'd like to receive this magazine, there's no cost or obligation whatsoever on your part. If you'd like to get it, pay attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. We're grateful that you were here with us. And I would be remiss if I didn't thank our special guest, Dr. Barry Bussey. Thank you. You always uh, bring such important insights, and we really want to thank you for that. Um, yes, man. So thank you, man. It was my pleasure. We look forward to having you back again. I know there's a lot more for us to talk about. Sure. And so check out Barry's uh, organization, firstfreedoms.ca. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find them also on, on Facebook. You can find them on Rumble. So check that out. And like I said, if you can make a donation, help this worthy organization, we would encourage you to do that. Check out our website, l4ltv.com. On our previous programs tab, 
You're going to see a link there to, to Barrier's organization. So if you, if you didn't jot down the website, don't worry about it. Go to l4ltv.com, click on previous programs. Underneath the previous program, you're going to see a couple of buttons. There's going to be Barry's organization there. Hey, before we go, we're quickly running out of time. Instagram, follow me on Instagram. Every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I put out a one-minute devotional video. Start your day with things focused on things of heaven. We are all out of time. Thank you again for being with us. Thank you, Barry. And we look forward to doing this again next time. We hope you'll join us. Until then, God bless you.